Foundation and Bounds. Viewed to stimulate around the eyes. Greatest and greatest wellness trends, treatments, and experience. Magnesium is naturally found in foods like. This is the Well and Good podcast. Tune in to find the wellness that fits your frequency. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The end of a year can bring on a lot of feelings of reflection, really thinking about what went well and what could go better, and what we hope is to come in the new year. I'm director of podcast Taylor Camille, and on today's episode, we're doing exactly that. As we've gathered reflections from some friends of the Well and Good podcast, including Sharmin Hussain, A.K. McKellar, Maya Shanker, Jessamine Stanley, and Bridget Zeitlin, to hear what they're leaving in 2022 and what they're taking into 2023. We hope you enjoy, and please do share this podcast with your friends and family so we can continue to grow and bring you new episodes in the new year. And as always, let us know what you want to hear by dropping us an email at podcasts at wellandgood.com. And now, our guests. Hello, Well and Good. I am Bridget Zeitlin. I'm a registered dietitian, women's health coach, and the founder of BZ Nutrition, which is a private practice based in New York City. I'm so thrilled to be talking to you about the end of the year and, and reflect back. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Hi there. My name is Sharmin Hussain. I am the organizing director of 18 Million Rising. I use she, her pronouns, and I am a Bangladeshi American organizer, artist, creative, and I'm really excited to contribute to the Well and Good podcast this year. I'm Maya Schenker, and I'm the host of the podcast, A Slight Change of Plans. My name is Jessamine Stanley. I'm co-founder of The Underbelly and author of the books, Everybody Yoga and Yoke, My Yoga of Self-Acceptance. Hello, my name is A.K. McKellar. I use they, them pronouns, and I am a queer and non-binary entrepreneur, speaker, and the founder of a body-inclusive movement platform for LGBTQ plus folks known as Free to Move. This year, I felt I made a ton of growth in 
my personal life, we'll call it. I took a lot of big steps in terms of sharing who I am with the world and with my family and the people around me in terms of my non-binary and trans identity. And that took a lot of courage and bravery. And it's something that I'm really proud of. I think I became a far more curious person. And this is pretty unexpected because I think I'm naturally pretty curious. But when you interview fascinating people all the time and you're learning about their stories and you're doing research and reading their books and, and whatnot, you end up leaving any conversation with far more questions than you had at the outset. And I love that this is the case, that, you know, I, I end up having more questions about the human mind and the human condition and how it is that we respond to change as a result of the conversations I've had, because I feel like there's so many new topics and ideas that I'm, that I'm eager to explore. I grew so much this year. Oh my goodness. I learned so much about what strength is, where strength lies, and what it means to look within yourself for the answers to life's questions. I also learned a lot about community and how important it is to be in community with other people and how important it is to show and share love all the time. In what ways did I grow this year? Oh, damn. <laughs> Hit me with the hard stuff. Um, I grew in so many ways. I think that what I would say, I grew most in, personally, I grew most in my healing. I tried a new type of therapy, EMDR, eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. And it, it took my, my healing to a totally new place. Part of my healing was trauma from the loss of, of my brother. And for anyone who is dealing with, with trauma, whether it is a big T or a little T, I think that EMDR is the most impactful way to heal from it and to move through the PTSD from it. Um, it was brand new to me. I had done talk therapy for eight years, but the EMDR was a radical, radical shift for the better. So I totally grew in my, in my healing and I guess expanding the ways that I take care of myself. Professionally, I would say I grew in my business by expanding my offerings, you know, so BZ Nutrition, when I first founded my my practice, it was VIP one-on-one -on -one coaching, nutrition coaching, weight loss counseling. And it still very much is. I love my VIP program. But this year I added in a few group experiences and that has been so, so juicy and expansive being able to create a space for women to come together and share their experiences and gain friendships and watch women support each other as we are celebrating you know their health goals and reaching new heights in the way that they take care of themselves it's been really really beautiful to create a group experience centered on nutrition and well-being and that also fosters such deep friendship and connection with the women inside of it so like I said, that's been super, super juicy. I think those are the two biggest ways that I've grown um, personally, my healing and then professionally, like the actual physical growth of expanding my my services and my offerings to my incredible clients that that seek support in their nutrition and weight loss and healing their relationship with food. This year was three years into the pandemic and it was really concretizing all of the self-care practices and the community care practices that I have been cultivating that really center 
rest, but also hobbies and skills and tools that are going to keep me strong and disciplined in the long run. I grew in ways that I didn't know I could grow. I went on a backcountry trip that took me across the John Muir Trail, which is also known as the Numupoyo in its indigenous name. And that 14-day backcountry trip taught me so much about resilience, my body, the ways that we can trek and trail 14,000 feet above elevation and our bodies adjust and grow and learn with us. I learned about the intimate connections that I could build as a friend, as an adult. I learned about the ways that I can lean in to trust and new habits that allow me to be vulnerable. I also just learned about being quiet. I took a long meditation retreat shortly after in the mountains of California at the Spirit Rock Meditation Center, and I grew to really learn about how quietness and mindfulness could allow me to accomplish different types of successes. Being grounded, being centered, talking to myself and relying on my gut, those are all skills that I've been denied as a woman of color that has experienced abuse. And so really cultivating a silence that allows me to connect with a voice that is deeply enmeshed with my ancestors, but also connected to the people that are often ignored within my subconscious allowed me to accomplish being. And I think it was really funny and coincidental that On Being was the most listened to podcast of my year. I learned a lot about the philosophy of care and not knowing and change by reading people like Sharon Salzberg and Buddhist thinkers. And I was really able to look at the challenges of loving and being with family members that suffer from addiction and being in conflict together. So this year was a year where I got a lot of feedback, but I also was able to cultivate feedback into new habits. And so the mindfulness retreat and the backcountry trip really allowed me to look at how I could grow through discomfort. Something that I accomplished this year that I'm really proud of was working with brands and companies that felt really aligned and really exciting to me, one of which was Adidas. I had the opportunity to fly to New York and be the face of one of their hit campaigns and work with some other incredible TikTok creators like Chase. And that was a really fun experience. And then finally seeing that come out in the later part of this year was so cool, so exciting, and something I really hope to continue doing next year. This year, our businesses grew so much. The underbelly expanded tremendously. And I was so honored to be a part of the Fortune Most Powerful Women Summit. And it was my first time speaking at a business conference, and it felt like a really powerful, huge new step for me. I am so, so proud of my high-level group coaching program, The Well Crowd. This is for women who want both like high-touch support and coaching with me, the expert in nutrition, and also want a really nurturing space for community with like-minded women, with heart-centered women. So creating this space that, that nurtures accountability, inspiration, and guidance 
while also feeling epically fucking great in our bodies. That's been such a such an accomplishment. I've I've wanted to launch this program for a really long time. It's been it was on my heart and on my mind to put something out there that is like a hybrid. It has really really VIP one to one support from me with also the added layer of community and sisterhood and bonding. And so I finally I sat on it <laughs> so long because I am a deep perfectionist, but I sat on it for so long that when I finally like released it, it was such a beautiful love affair to watch it, watch it thrive and grow and be able to support the incredible women that are inside of it. I'm absolutely obsessed with this program. So it's been a huge, huge accomplishment for me. The most challenging part of this year for me was balancing all the different hats that I wear as a multi-hyphenate creator and entrepreneur with the demands of my personal life and a major shakeup in my relationships. That really tested my internal strength and how I define love for myself and for others. But it was also a really great place to grow from. I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about how I want to show up in the world. Well, two of my friends had children who were suffering from pretty severe health conditions. And that was really, really rough um, because you feel pretty helpless in situations like that. Thankfully, both of them are doing a lot better now. That was a really emotionally challenging part of the year. What was the most challenging part of this year for me was that I went through a round of egg freezing, which was so emotionally and emotionally exciting, but physically challenging. As a woman in my late 30s, it was really, it was such an incredibly proactive gift to give to myself, right? I'm giving myself literally the gift of time. And of course, we have no idea what the future holds and if it will work and if it won't work, right? And like what eggs are healthy or unhealthy or viable, right? All of that aside, it physically, it was very challenging, right? The shots daily for two weeks, the like physical discomfort of like the bloat and not feeling great in my clothes, the exhaustion that I felt towards the end of those two weeks. And it was the most proactive I think I've been with with myself and my future in such a, such a meaningful, impactful way that it felt so damn empowering. So I would say it was the most challenge it was the most challenging part of my year, but also the most empowering part of my year as well. When we return from the break, we'll hear about the books that our guests enjoyed this year, how they would describe the year in a word, when they felt their most well, and ultimately what they plan to bring more of in the new year. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Of the books, articles, and poems that you've read this year, which was your favorite? Oh gosh, there's been so many. I think Annie Duke's book, Quit, which is all about the virtues of quitting more things and quitting things more quickly is one of my favorites because I think it counters popular wisdom. You know, we're told you should have grit, you should have perseverance. And Annie makes a very compelling argument that actually, in a lot of cases, we should be quitting. You know, I had her on the podcast. We had a wonderful conversation. It was an episode called The Science of Quitting, (laughs) which people weren't really expecting. And it was so lovely to see all these fully formed ideas in book form. So it was, I was so proud of Annie. She's a friend of mine and I just loved reading her book. My favorite book that I read this year was called Funny You Should Ask by Alyssa Sussman. And it was a delicious little snack. Fiction, beach read, wonderful escape, sexy, sexy little read. Definitely, definitely. I loved it. Funny you should ask. And I will also add in that my favorite poems have been from Young Pablo's Clarity and Connection book. He has a way of writing such like short, potent poems and poetry that just like hit at my core. (laughs) I've never felt like so seen from someone I've never met like on a page before, but Young Pueblo's Clarity and Connection for sure. I read a bunch of different things this year, but the piece that I read that has most impacted me that I'm still mulling over in this exact moment is Women Who Run With the Wolves. The way I would describe this year in one word was growth. I think that there was a lot of growth for my heart and my soul and who I am as a person and who I am as a business owner. And that felt really exciting. I would describe the year with that word, discomfort. It was one of those years where I wasn't necessarily trekking around Paris or taking a trip to eat food in Morocco. I was really still and I was present and I was here. I watched SCOTUS overturn Roe versus Wade and organized and went to DC as much as possible. And it was uncomfortable. The conversations we had as coalition members, as organizers, as leaders, it all brought up so much for us about what we didn't know, but also what was yet to come. Lesson full, full of lessons. Well and good. You have the best questions. This year, 2022, has been the year of expansion for me. Expansion would be the year. Personal expansion, professional expansion, relational expansion, vibrational expansion. I think energetically expanded. Um, Expansion, 100%. Reflective. I think I've spent a lot of time in my own mind (laughs) uh, thinking about things and looking inwards and batting around ideas in my head. So I feel like Hopefully, I'm a slightly better person than I was at the beginning of the year for that reflection. What's one song that would be on your soundtrack for the year 2022? Without a question in my mind, About Damn Time by Lizzo, 100%. 100%. Literally, I, I could hear it a thousand times in a row, still want to dance to it, still want to groove to it. Speaks to me on so many levels. (laughs) I love it. The song that I would put on my soundtrack for the year 2022 is United in Grief by Kendrick Lamar. I would choose All Too Well 10-minute version because that is going to likely be on the soundtrack of every year for the rest of my life because it's an incredible song. And I grew up in New England. I grew up in Connecticut. And so the way that Taylor describes these autumn days is so evocative and beautiful and brings you back. 
when did you feel your most well? Well, two weekends ago, my husband and I had my three nieces over for a sleepover party and it was so much fun. And I created this whole itinerary that's full of scavenger hunts and pumpkin pancakes and friendship bracelets and gingerbread houses and scary stories at night and cuddling. And um, gosh, I just love them so much. And so I feel so lucky to be their aunt and to get to spend so much time with them because they're just an hour drive away. So I felt pretty well in my role as auntie. I felt the most well this year when I took time to rest and fill up my own cup, whether that was through a solo trip to California or taking over a month off in the summer to focus on movement, to focus on movement that brought me a lot of joy, like skateboarding and mountain biking and hiking and getting into nature with friends. So that felt like something I really explored and cherished this year that I'm so grateful for. As a dietitian nutritionist, I would say for me, being well comes down to physical wellness, emotional wellness, and mental wellness. All, all of those things have to be present for me to feel my most well. And I would say it was, if you want like a specific time, it would be a girls' weekend over the summer. We went to the beach. My feet were in the sand. The sun was on my face. My best friend was on by my side. And our conversation ranged from like deep philosophical highbrow conversations to like the Bravo TV style lowbrow conversations and literally everything in between. We had delicious meals. We had epic laughs. We had tan lines for days. Yeah, for me, being well comes down to connection, who I'm with, and, and being in nature. So if I could have my feet in the sand next to one of the people I love most in the world, that's 100% when I feel my, my most well. And if I'm not on like a day-to-day basis, I feel my most well. I live in New York City. I live in the West Village of New York City. So for me, getting into whatever nature is around me, even in New York City, is what allows me to feel my most well. So for me, it is sitting by the Hudson River, watching the water with a matcha in my hand, and either writing in my journal, so I feel like a connection to self, or on the phone with with my best friend, my mom, my dad, my boyfriend, someone who I feel a connection with there too. So watching the water with a matcha or physically being next to somebody with my feet in the sand. I felt my most well this year when I was accepting all the different emotions that come up in a given day. Every single day, I experience the full breadth of human emotions. There are ups, there are downs, there's everything in between. And I feel most well when I'm accepting all of those emotions and moving forward from that place instead of just picking an emotion and living there. My wellness and my goodness this year was to really look at the discomfort as a part of an everyday feeling, an everyday practice, an everyday concept that I had to reckon with. And I felt the most well when I went on those uncomfortable journeys. When I decided to take this really physically challenging trip, there was nothing like the euphoria of coming out of it and looking at myself and going, I can do anything that is uncomfortable now. I really hope to bring this habit into 2023 of not knowing, but also being okay with the not knowing. And maybe I don't need to climb Mount Everest to feel successful, but the successes are going to be the small things that I do that really open me up to myself. 
What do I hope to bring more of into the new year? Same thing, rest and time to fill up my cup. As an entrepreneur and a business owner, it's so easy to get lost in the to-do list that feels like it's never ending, in the improvements that you're trying to make to the platform or to your work or to personal development. And taking time for yourself, taking time away can feel like an afterthought or something that doesn't need to be prioritized. So next year, I'm really trying to build that into every month and every quarter, just like I would with business goals. Um, Because ultimately, it's really good for myself. It's good for my community. It's good for people around me. And it's good for my business. So that's something that I'm really trying to focus on next year. I would say more expansion. Definitely. I want to, there are more programs that I want to release through BZ Nutrition. There are more women that I want to work with and support and more women whose relationship with food I want to help heal and move through and thrive. There are more speaking opportunities that I want to be able to say yes to, you know, if if my calendar allows for. So making the room, expanding, expanding for the room to say yes to more keynote speaking events and, and panels. Also, I guess I would love to expand more my um, my reading for pleasure. I do a lot of reading for for work. I am a very science backed nutritionist, so lots of research reading. But I would love to be able to read more for pleasure. And oh, I would love to take a trip to Paris. I have not been to France or Paris in a really long time, and I would love to get back there. So, I guess more expansion. Although I will say that for twenty twenty three. My word won't be expansion. That was the word of 2022. I will need a new word for 2023. And I'm going to go with abundance. Abundance feels like the word for 2023 for me. An abundance of reading, an abundance of um, clients that I can help to support and watch thrive and grow, and an abundance of croissant in Paris. I think I'm leaving behind some anxieties that I tend to carry around with me. And I think I'm taking a calmer mind with me into the new year. I think as I get older, I really just learn how to give fewer Fs about so many things that would have bothered me um, or upset me or, or caused me some degree of consternation in the past. So, so I feel grateful that over time, I seem to have a bit more perspective. I'm leaving behind the uncertainty that makes me feel unsure of myself. Instead, I'm grasping on to an uncertainty that really weaves in the resilience practices that I know, that my ancestors know, and centers that. I would like to bring more joy and gratitude into the next year and into every year to come. As a perfectionist, and who I hope is a perfect, as a perfectionist in recovery, which I might add it is a practice. Every time I feel like I have pulled back some layers of my perfectionism, there still seems more there. So as a perfectionist in recovery in practice, I am leaving behind self-judgment and I am leaving behind perfectionism. Again, with the caveat, that's a practice. It's something I will have to probably leave behind every day, remind myself to leave behind every day. But Self-judgment and perfectionism is what I want to leave behind. And what am I taking with me into 2023? Well, abundance. Also, radical self-compassion, 
right? You can, I don't believe I can leave behind self-judgment without embracing radical self-compassion and grace. So that's what I'm going to take with me. Ooh, and playfulness. <laughs> I think I think the opposite of perfectionism might be playfulness, right? Allowing myself to play in the unknown, to play in the imperfect. Um, so a little bit more playfulness and a lot less perfectionism. Thank you so much, Well and Good. I These questions were deep. <laughs> they made me think. They made me get a little bit vulnerable with you and this incredible community. So thank you for holding space for me, Well and Good listeners. And I'm wishing everybody a really, really nourishing and nurturing 2023. On today's show, you heard from Sharman Hussain, A.K. McKellar, Maya Shanker, Jessamine Stanley, and Bridget Zeitlin. This episode was scripted and mixed by our friends at Edit Audio and produced by Ella Dove, Abby Stone, and myself, Taylor Camille, along with many other hands and brains at Well and Good. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share. Our theme music was created by Madeline Lakomsky and Matt Didomenico. Our show art was designed by Jenna Gibson and Karina Masonette.